I'm Chloe Potter and this is Vision Vibes. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of NHK World Japan's interview series, Direct Talk. Every once in a while, there is a scientific or technological breakthrough that completely alters the way human beings live. Photography, the car, the internet all had that level of impact. There is a particular type of brain behind these breakthroughs too, a certain type of imagination that can stretch beyond what is currently possible to embrace and explore what could be possible in the future. Today's interviewee, Noor Shekhar, is one such brain. One of the next seismic breakthroughs is artificial intelligence, and Noor is working on biotech AI that is set to revolutionize medicine. Her programs are already helping to identify cures for diseases in a tiny fraction of the time that it currently takes scientists. Noor is also someone who is deeply in touch with her why. This sense of purpose has allowed her to keep taking the next right step. She followed the warmth of what lit her up as a child, and despite growing up in Syria, she did not let any limiting stereotypes or expectations hold her back. Now, as founder and senior vice president of her own biotech company, she is determined to be a visible role model for other women who wear a hijab, to show that one's culture and appearance has little to do with the position you can reach and the contribution you can make. She embraces this role, not least for the sake of her own daughter. Enjoy listening to Noor's self-reflection, determination and focus. Here's narrator Rachel Smith. I'll meet you on the other side. Could the coronavirus really be treated by a rheumatoid arthritis drug? Well, it was artificial intelligence that pinpointed the possibility, helping researchers to find the link in less than three days. And that treatment has already been authorized in some countries. The AI drug discovery market is expected to grow by more than 10 times by 2030. Syrian entrepreneur and computer scientist Noor Shekhar is one of the frontrunners in the AI drug discovery industry. As a recognized healthcare leader, she's been honored as one of the MIT Innovators Under 35 and the BBC's 100 Women. We asked Shekhar about the role she thinks artificial intelligence will play in the future of healthcare. I think AI can really help um, tap into opportunities or like disease areas that haven't really been looked at in the past. Just within the past two years, we start seeing examples where AI started being able to design novel chemistry, novel ideas. So chemists start looking at it from like kind of more of like an acceptable point of view. So before it was like, we don't believe it, it's probably not going to work. But more now it's more like, how can we make use of it and how can we really benefit um, from, from AI and machine learning? So it just started to be fruitful and people started to be more enthusiastic about it. Shekhar runs a startup company in London that has developed an AI platform for drug discovery. Her aim is to reduce the cost and time taken in the early stages of the drug discovery process by two-thirds. So drug discovery is really a long and expensive process. It takes about 15 years almost. 
um, and cost about $2.5 billion to put one, just one drug in the market. So imagine if you have like a disease, if you just discovered the disease today, you'll need like 15 years to, to get a drug for that disease in the market. And so basically clinical trials and all kind of the, the hurdles around clinical trials. The failure rate can be anywhere between 92 to 98% um, of all the program that you would start. That's a huge failure rate. So you already spend like more than almost two billion to get there and you fail there and that's like two billion just <laughs> down, down the drain. Shekhar is working with leading medical research facilities to find drugs using her AI platform. King's College London is one of them. Rosalind AI, the platform built by Shekhar's team, has learned about existing drugs and diseases. It can now detect targets, suggest drug candidates, and even modify drugs for better efficiency and lower toxic side effects. So what drug discovery is, what you can think about it as like finding the right key to the, to the right lock. When we really try and analyze the existing compound, the size of that space is estimated to be 10 to the power of 60. It's almost as big as the number of atoms in the entire universe. So it's really as in like <laughs> traveling in space, right? So the challenge is given that there are astronomically huge number of uh, keys, how can we find the right key to the right lock? By having AI design the right key and select more accurate drug candidates, Shekhar also aims to reduce laboratory experiments by 50%. What we have received from Noor, uh, which is a list of uh, candidate drugs, uh, would not have been possible to have selected by humans, or if, or if that was the case, it would have taken years. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a new era really in, in AI for drug discovery. Shekhar was born and raised in Damascus, Syria. Encountering computers during her childhood was where everything started. Now to sudden there were like this huge, you know, like old um, Windows and Mac computers that, that just arrived. Very slow, very kind of um, the graphic. And it was really just like... It was really kind of that magic box, right? So you write things down, like in code, very, very simple code, and you just kind of see pictures coming out of the screen. That was really magical for me. It's like a magic moment. And I knew I, I liked the concept. I knew I liked the ideas. And I start spending all my weekends just kind of on the computers. <laughs> it's like it's, it's hard to kind of separate the two of us. And I started like reading more about AI early on and watching those kind of Terminators and robotic style <laughs> movies. And it, it just, you, you kind of like, you have this gut feeling that this is like where the world is going and this is where I want to be. And this is really going to transform so many industries and I want to be part of that. Shekhar majored in computer science and studied abroad in Europe, both very unusual choices for a Syrian woman at that time. It, it was a big surprise. It was a really big surprise. It took my mother quite some time to, to get over it. Uh, <laughs> um, so basically, n no one in, in my community as, as a female kind of went on to, to continue her study, like just by herself. And I think that's probably one, also one aspect of why, why they get worried because I've never ever been out of Syria like by myself before. So it, it was kind of the first step 
but it was the first for so many to come. So I, I'm, I'm quite proud with, with what I've done. She planned to return to Syria with the expertise to educate future computer scientists. However, that became impossible when war broke out in Syria. She stayed in Europe and her career flourished as an associate professor in Denmark. Then, at the age of 29, she learned that her mother had been diagnosed with lung cancer. So the doctor at the time estimated that she has about a year, a year to live. Um, she fought it for, for five years, which, which was amazing. Um, and everyone was, was surprised, but it, it wasn't a pleasant journey. And I think everyone in the family suffered as, as a consequence. And they would start thinking about what am I doing with my life? Where am I heading? And uh, kind of that, that kind of philosophical question that's kind of bring meaning to life and what, what kind of legacy you're leaving behind and, and all of those. The, the impact of all of what I've done was measured in the thousand citations that I, that I had. And it, it just felt like this, this can't be it. This can't be kind of my, my contribution to the world. I, that like a lot of other people that can probably touch, there are a lot of people that can learn from, and that like the 12, 15 years of experience that I have in AI can probably be translated to something bigger. Shekhar decided to leave her successful academic career behind to found a biotech company using her expertise in AI, and she moved to London. She was then 34, and her daughter was two. Yeah, so I, actually when, when I moved to, to London and um, joined the Startup Accelerator, I started chatting to, kind of, to, to a lot of my friends from, back from, from academia. And I was like, I'm, I'm in London, I'm starting a startup. And they were like, are you insane? I mean, how old are you? It's like, I never felt it's too late for me. That, that wasn't really something that, I, that crossed my mind. At some point, you just have to, to trust yourself. N nobody knows you as, as much as you know yourself, but you, you are the only one who really know the full story. So you should kind of be the person leading, leading, leading your, your own life. Sheka is now using AI to find a drug for tackling a disease for which humans have so far found no cure. Glioblastoma, an aggressive form of brain cancer with an average survival time of less than two years. The tumours differ considerably, and their complexity has made finding a cure impossible. Together with researchers at King's College London, Shekhar is trying to find a drug that can be tailor-made for patients. In diseases such as glioblastoma, it is particularly important to understand the specific type of disease that one patient is um, uh, affected by. Using Rosalind AI, Shekhar's team has selected around 80 candidate compounds and they're already being tested on patients' cancer cells. So here we see live cancer cells before they've been treated. Over here we see cancer cells that have been treated with. So the combination of biological methods that capture this identity with AI methods that reduce the number of drugs to be tested can really help us to define much quicker than ever before a cure for this disease. When 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 my mother passed away, it was kind of it was the only way that I can live probably after I lost her. So I, I, I would I would like to think that she would be really proud. 
to be honest, back then I didn't know a thing about drug discovery. But afterwards, and like knowing that I contribute to what she's been through in a way that I haven't really thought it, it's possible before, it's now feel really painful, to be honest. Because if I have known all what I know now back then, I could probably have done something. I think it, it, keep, like, it, it gives you that drive to kind of really do the best you can do at every moment. The startup is very hard to keep going. So it's not the easiest space to be in. Um, but I think without that drive, I, I wouldn't be, be, be here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it what keeps you going, really. While running the business with Mohammed, her husband and company co-founder, Sheka is raising their daughter. What is that? And who's helping me? Me! <laughs> because I'm the CFO. Yes. What is CFO? I am the chief fund officer. Chief fund officer. One of the main things for me is to be the kind of the right role model for my daughter. I value the work I do. I do love having her Ow. around. I try my best to be there when she needs me. But I think it's also important that she understands the value of my work as well, because by the end of the day, she's going to grow up and she's going to be in my place. and. She's going to have to make some decisions around her, like how her life is going to be. And work is important, and I think like setting up an example is, is something that I also care about. So, yeah. One thing I like about hijab is because is if you Google like CEOs or like for successful companies, or like if you're, if you're looking for like somebody to, to, to inspire you, it's rarely that you, you, that you see like a successful kind of someone from, from a minority group. I think when you move kind of to the industry where you are very, very kind of in the rare minority, kind of there is a huge push to kind of changing who you are and changing how you look so that you can feel like you, you fit in more and you kind of like don't raise any eyebrows. It was really for me like very challenging to find, to find that kind of role model. And I feel like it, it's part of my mission to kind of just keep pushing to make sure that there's a proof out there that we can do things and we can be accepted and it's fine the way we look at the way that, like the, the, our beliefs and our culture and, and all kind of that package, it, it should be acceptable and people should accept it. Um, and I'm gonna just keep pushing and see, see where, where it gets me, but um, yeah, I, I'm gonna keep pushing. I really, like, I really hope that within the next like, five years, I'm going to see like a transformation in how drug discovery is being done. It's like how we treat patients, how we deliver treatment to patients. And, and I hope that we're going to succeed in, in working on is bringing cure to patients with like existing diseases. So it means early diagnostics, so you don't have to, to realize very late that, that you're suffering from a fatal disease. It means getting the right cure to the right patient without having to experiment. I remember my mother going through like radiotherapy and going through cancer therapy and trying really like more than like probably 50 to 100 different things just to kind of see what works. And I think it's a lot of understanding what works for, for whom and 
how, when and how to kind of intervene. Um, and just helping people live, live a better, healthier, longer life. Shekhar quoted a line from Socrates. So the unexamined life is not worth living. And I think it just encapsulates my journey and why I made the decisions I made. And I think it, it feels like we are in a very short journey and I just we need to make the most the most of it and we need to contribute as much as we can before we leave because everyone has part to take in, in, in our life and we need just to kind of maximize the value and the, just the, the way we live. So I, I just want to enjoy every bit of it and I feel I contribute the most in every minute I live. Loss is profound in its ability to inspire meaningful work. Think of death to appreciate life is a concept a wise friend shared with me recently. Death is such a taboo, we don't often contemplate it. But knowing our time is finite motivates us. It gives us perspective and reminds us not to stress about small stuff. It nudges us to be more grateful, appreciative, mindful. And it can help us find meaning and to become more intentional in our actions. So next time I find myself struggling, I'm going to try to reset my perspective by imagining how I would feel about everything if I knew I was going to die the following day. Would I still see the traffic jam around me and continue to get anxious about not being on time? Or would I instead notice the patterns in the sky and my children laughing in the back seats? It's clear that being confronted by death gave Noor clarity. She seized the day and started work that is set to have a profound impact on humanity. We might not all share Noor's remarkable gift for computer science, but we do all have our own unique gift. I don't know about you, but I am increasingly persuaded that finding our gifts and then putting them to good use offers us all a solid path to fulfillment. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes. <laughs>